Welcome to the Power in Motion podcast, the show for women who want to develop a kinder relationship with their body so you can feel healthy, happy, and confident without restricting food, doing torturous exercise, or constantly worrying about the number on the scale. I'm your host, Kim Hagel, size inclusive fitness specialist and certified non diet health and life coach specializing in body image. This podcast is here to provide weight neutral, health at every size aligned information and coaching on sustainable habits and mindset shifts so you can feel your very best in the body you have right now. Let's lace up our runners and go for a walk while we chat. Hey friend, and welcome to the Joyful Movement Show. I'm your host, Kim Hagel, certified personal trainer and body image coach. And today is a really important episode. I want to talk today about how to know if your relationship with exercise is disordered and what you can do about it. So we're going to talk about the red flags, so to speak, that would indicate that your quest for health maybe isn't so healthy. And this one comes with a content warning that we will be discussing disordered exercise and exercise disorders. So if you're in a place where that kind of subject matter isn't good for your mental health or recovery, it's no problem to skip this one. Now, the idea for this episode came to me after a workshop I recently taught about body image called Befriending Your Body. Now, it was something that I was hired to do privately for a group, but it was such a good workshop that I will be offering it publicly to my community later this month, and I'll share some details about it at the end. During the workshop, we really discussed all about our relationship with our body, how our body is with us for our whole entire life. And whether you like it or not, it is the most important, longest relationship you will ever have. And we talked about how if we spend that relationship with our body, hating on it, criticizing our body, always trying to change our body, that can make for a pretty awful relationship. I mean, most of us wouldn't stay in a relationship like this for any length of time with another person. But we can't get away from our body. It's the only one we're ever going to have. We are going to be in it for life. And so even if we don't love how it looks, if we can cultivate a relationship with it that's built on trust, respect, and kindness, that can make the experience of living in your body a whole lot easier. So that was the gist of the workshop. And towards the end of it, we did an intuitive movement practice, which I've shared with you on the podcast before, where we do a body scan and check in with how we feel head to toe, physically, mentally, and emotionally. And we ask our bodies, how do I feel today? How do I want to feel? And what do I need? So we did that. And then after, I just encouraged everyone to start moving. And it was beautiful. Some people got up and stretched and some did some gentle movement around in their chairs. A few people got up and did some jumping jacks. For five minutes, we just moved around honoring the needs of our body. And then we talked about it. And one of the participants noted that when she asked herself those three questions, her body was very clearly asking for rest. She realized how very exhausted she was in that moment. Everything just felt depleted and sore and tight. So I coached her on that a little bit and asked her what's stopping her from honoring that need. 
And out came the story about how she's participating in a nutrition, a.k.a. weight loss challenge at her gym. It's the six-week thing where she has to weigh, measure, and track all her food, work out intensely every day of the week, and then she goes in before her trainer for a weekly weigh-in. And she shared how the day before was weigh-in day, and even though she did everything perfectly with her food and exercise, she gained three pounds. So when I asked her what was stopping her from honoring her need for rest, that was the reason. Not only could she not rest, in her mind, she believed she had to up her activity level even more to make up for her recent weight gain and redeem herself in this challenge. And man, when she said that, I felt her words right in my gut. I know exactly how she was feeling in that moment, and I'm willing to bet many of you do too. I've been in that exact same spot myself so many times back in my early days with working out and dieting. I know what it's like to feel like your life hangs in the balance on those weigh-in days. I know what it's like to watch every morsel of food and to do all the math so I would know exactly how much exercise I needed to create the caloric deficit to lose the right number of pounds. I'd constantly be recalculating based on whether I ate a little more or worked out a little less, adjusting the food and exercise one way or the other to make sure that it all balanced out. And I also know the feeling of utter failure and shame when I did everything right and the scale didn't provide the number I expected to see. And then that pressure to make up for the weight gain. (laughs) Now, back then when I was doing this, I would have said I was doing it for my health and because I was taking care of my body because I deserved the very best. And for that reason, you know, I was eating all of the, quote, clean foods in proper portions, getting the regular exercise. I called it self-care. And unfortunately, The world validated that. And I know that's true for this person too. She mentioned how people tell her she looks so good and she's such an inspiration. People used to tell me, I wish I had your dedication to health. And that validation was so strong. That's what kept me going even when I was so exhausted and frustrated and defeated. The world was telling me I was an inspiration for health, so I figured my feelings were not justified. That's just the level of hard work, I guess, that was required to be healthy. But here's the truth. Inside, I felt like such a failure. I was constantly speaking harshly to myself. I criticized every perceived flaw, every so-called discretion. And my greatest fear was the rejection or absence of praise if I gained weight. And I was brought right back to that when this woman shared her story. I know exactly what it's like to have her opinion of herself, her very worth, her value in this world, hinging on what happens during that weigh-in. That moment has the ability to make or break her entire week. I remember what a vicious cycle this all was. It feels like there's no way off. The idea of quitting the quest for the perfect body feels completely impossible and hopeless. It feels like to stop dieting and working out like that would mean giving up on yourself or letting yourself go. You wonder what on earth would people say or think about me 
Or how could I possibly be happy, healthy, and confident if I gained weight? Like I say, I know that so many of you listening can relate to this feeling either now or at some point in the past. So I first want to offer you so much love and empathy and compassion. If this sounds like you, you are so not alone in these really big feelings. Now, I know I tend to spend a lot of time on this show talking about motivation and how to get moving if you're avoiding exercise or you don't feel motivated to move. But I know there's just as many of us who struggle with excessive exercise, and it can be hard to identify when we've crossed the line from healthy self-care, taking care of your body, into disordered exercise or eating too, for that matter. So I wanted to share some red flags that could indicate that your relationship with movement could be disordered. And as we go through this, I want you to keep an open mind and reflect on your own exercise behavior, your own mindset. And if you feel confronted, hold lots of compassion and grace for yourself. If you feel like this sounds like you, know that it doesn't have to be this way, that help is available. It is possible to have a neutral, even joyful relationship with exercise that's not centered around burning calories or changing your body. First, I want to clarify that there is a big difference between having an actual diagnosable eating or exercise disorder and having a disordered relationship with food and exercise. But the line is fine, and it's really easy to cross from one side into the other and not be aware that you've crossed. This episode is really going to focus on the disordered relationship, those red flags that maybe your relationship with exercise isn't so healthy and could benefit from some thought work or coaching. It's beyond my scope of practice to diagnose or treat eating or exercise disorders. That's a medical or mental health professional's realm. So in terms of an exercise disorder, the main warning signs would be when your exercise interferes with important activities such as work or your social life, when you exceed three hours of exercise per day, when you experience stress or guilt that you're unable to exercise, when you exercise at inappropriate times and places and cannot suppress the behavior. And when you continue to exercise despite injury, illness, or medical complications, those behaviors are more dangerous and have the potential to cause injury, illness, and are health deprecating, not health promoting. They indicate a mental health crisis that needs appropriate care. So if you feel like you might be struggling with an exercise disorder, I implore you to seek help from a qualified medical practitioner or therapist. Exercise disorders are dangerous and potentially life-threatening, but they can be helped through therapy. Now, disordered habits, on the other hand, these are more like the early warning signs that your relationship with exercise isn't as healthy as you might think. Some signs that your relationship with exercise could be disordered include beliefs and behaviors such as the thought that exercise needs to be hard in order to be effective. Or believing that you've got to work out for a whole hour or it's not worth it. Worrying that if you miss a workout, it's going to set you back. You're going to have to start from scratch. Believing that you need to burn the food you eat or working out to earn the food you want. Right? When we engage with exercise as a transaction and it's all about calories in and calories out, that's a red flag. 
when you think that going for a walk doesn't count, it's not intense enough. If you think you can only rest on scheduled rest days. If you didn't sweat or you didn't feel sore after your workout, you worry that it wasn't a good enough workout and then you add more. Feeling like you have to plan or structure your workouts to ensure that you get the right balance of strength training, cardio, and HIIT, and that you've got to follow that plan and you cannot deviate it or you won't achieve your goals, that's a red flag. Or tracking your fitness progress only by using the scale or body measurements and not any other objective measurements of your fitness. Another red flag could be that if you don't lose weight, you switch things up or you up the intensity or you lose interest or you quit. You assume things aren't working if the scale's not changing. Or lastly, if you're employing willpower or relying on somebody else to hold you accountable so that you stick to it when you run low on motivation. All of these are signs of an unhealthy relationship with exercise and certainly make joyful movement seem out of reach. Exercise tends to feel like punishment or something to dread. It requires willpower and pushing yourself to get through it. And all of these thoughts and beliefs and behaviors stem from a root belief that the point of exercise is to change or control your body. And if it's not providing that result, then it's not working or it's not worth doing or that you're doing it wrong. When women engage with exercise this way, the hope is that if they do everything right with their workouts and they achieve a certain weight or look, that they'll feel better. And by feeling better, I mean feeling healthier, stronger, more mobile, have more stamina, more self-confidence, or that they'll find self-acceptance, or even that they'll gain the approval or validation of others. But it's disordered, though, because they're putting all the focus on weight or weight loss or weight control being the pathway to resolve all of those problems or issues. And when the goal is weight loss, the only conceivable way to work out is hard, pushing yourself, going at a hard intensity, ignoring your body's cues because that's what it takes to burn a large amount of calories. So it is absolutely true that if you're exercising to lose weight, you do have to work really hard all of the time because exercise for weight loss requires that level of work. But it is not true that you have to lose weight to feel better or to get fitter. Any fitness goal can be accomplished through appropriate training and physical therapy techniques, regardless of what happens on the scale. It is not necessary to train insane to get results. But the pursuit of weight loss keeps you on this never-ending cycle of dieting and punitive, hateful exercise, and it really never provides the result that you're looking for, at least not long-term. In fact, I'd argue that training hard like that can lead to more problems like injury and burnout and decreased motivation, which then only sets you further back and could result in injury and inactivity and rebound weight gain, which only puts you back into the cycle of punitive exercise because you got to try and get that weight off again. Do you see how these disordered beliefs don't actually result in improved fitness or sustained weight loss? Now, disordered behaviors and beliefs about exercise can be addressed 
either independently on your own by working on your mindset or with the help of a qualified coach. They're not a medical emergency, but they do interfere with life in a big way and cause a lot of unnecessary suffering. My coaching specialty is helping women solve their food, exercise, and weight struggles by getting to the root issue, which is body image. And actually, more specifically, it's self-image. Because it's really not about the exercise itself or even your weight. These struggles are rooted in the belief that our value as a person is contingent upon how we look. It's the belief that we can't be healthy, confident, or acceptable by others unless we conform to the so-called ideal body size and shape. That's why we exercise or diet or restrict foods as a means to attain a body that we hope will allow us to feel good about ourselves because we don't feel good enough as we are. And when I think back on my career as a personal trainer, this pretty much sums up all of the women I've met along the way and myself included previously. Women would come to me to help them with exercise, hoping that it would be the magic ticket to weight loss, which would provide them the life that they wanted. The goals would always sound slightly different, but the theme was the same. They believed that the perfect life was waiting right on the other side of dropping however many pounds. So disordered exercise and also dieting and restrictive eating, that would be a sign of disordered eating. That's the surface issue. But at the root is a body image concern. But body image is not addressed through changing your body. I always say you can't create a body you love by hating on the one you have. If you don't feel good about yourself in this body, you won't magically feel good in your smaller body. And I am living proof of that. Even at my smallest and fittest, I still felt not good enough. There was always another bigger, better goal to set. Another hope that if I just achieved something more, then I'd find that self-acceptance I was looking for. All the validation in the world didn't make up for how inadequate I felt about myself. I think I knew deep down that the validation and approval I was receiving from the world wasn't authentic. It was conditional on me looking a certain way, hence the deep, deep fear of gaining weight and being found out and losing that approval. But it was never about my body. That's what I've learned. It was about my thoughts about myself and my own value and worthiness as a person. Body image healing doesn't come from achieving a certain size or shape. It also just doesn't happen by practicing positive affirmations and staring in the mirror saying, I love my body just as it is. That just confuses your brain that is pretty strongly convinced that your body is wrong. Body image is addressed through doing the deep work on our thoughts and beliefs about our self-image. What it means about us if we don't have the quote ideal body or if we're not in quote perfect shape or who we are if we're not defined by how we look and how we can treat our body with kindness and respect even if we don't like how it looks. So that said, next week's episode is going to be all about body image and how our body image shapes our relationship with food and exercise. So be sure to tune into that one. It'll be a great follow-up to today's conversation. And if you're ready to explore your body image, your relationship to your body on a deeper level, I would encourage you to attend my upcoming Befriend Your Body workshop. It's 100% free and it's happening on Wednesday, April 27th, 2022. 
It's going to be workshop style over Zoom. Very experiential. Cameras on, working together in real time. I'm going to teach you practical tools so that you can begin to rebuild your relationship with your body to one that's built on trust, respect, and kindness, even if you still wish your body looked different. You're going to have time to reflect on the things I'm teaching, opportunity to ask me questions, share your experiences. There's, I'm really looking for that sense of community and shared experience. And you'll have the chance to be coached by me in real time. So it's going to be very hands-on. So it would be very worthwhile if you can attend live so that you get the greatest benefit out of the experience. But of course, I am going to record it and send it out later by email to those who register. So if you miss it, you will still have the opportunity to watch. I really hope to see you there. I would love to meet some of you listeners face-to-face and get the chance to know you and coach you in real time. So you can go register on my website radiantvitality.ca slash befriend your body. So with that in mind, I just want to leave you with the thought that you are amazing. I see you, the real you that is so much more than your body. And I encourage you to ask yourself, what would it take for you to see yourself the same way? And what would that make available to you? Be well, my radiant friend. I hope that you have a great week, that you find some joyful movement and connect to your vitality. And I'll see you back here next Monday. Bye for now. Thanks for tuning into the Power in Motion podcast today. If you love what you're learning here, then I invite you to take the next step of embodying these concepts into your own life so that you can live your healthiest, happiest life and never again feel held back by your body. Coaching is the fastest, most efficient pathway to taking what you know in your head to actually applying it and seeing results. Whether you're looking to make changes around movement, food, body image, or all three, I'm here to help you nurture a kind, respectful, and trusting relationship with your body so you can feel your very best. Click the link in the show notes to book a free consultation, and together we'll uncover what's getting in the way of you having the results you want. You'll leave this call knowing exactly what you need to work on and together we'll explore whether one of my coaching offers is a good fit for you. I can't wait to meet you.